You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Today's message is entitled, Lift Up Your Heads. Lift up your heads. And this is a word for 2024 and beyond. So this is our first meeting for 2024. It's our first fruits. And we're especially waiting on God, listening to Him, and wanting His vision for this year. And not just this year, but for beyond too, all the years to come. So I'm going to pray and then I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, I want to thank you for this time. It's a special moment. It's a special season. It's a new beginning for us. And we're committing our 2024 to you. And I pray that your word would speak to our hearts and transform us. And your word would cause us to lift up our heads and see as you want us to see, even as you called Abraham to lift up his eyes and to look before him when he was in that situation with giving Lot a choice, and yet you were guiding Abraham. Guide us and lead us and cause us to lift up our eyes today and give me grace to share the exact portion of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Lord. Pray with me. Put your hands on your hearts, please, and pray this with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. Amen. Before we get into it, just a little uh, announcement that Bible school begins in three weeks' time. So it begins on the 5th of February. It's called the Glory Unit. And the theme is glory in the dark. And the subjects are kingdom life leadership, glory in the dark, a healthy perspective of the end times, and revelation, Jesus unveiled. We're specifically concentrating on the book of Revelation and the book of Ephesians. And I've been having a great time preparing. So you can register. If you're interested, you can register at holyfireschool.com. There's going to be a very practical side to this as we come up with our kingdom life blueprints, Uh, and I'm going to teach you about leadership and also leading yourself as well, and looking at the end times, so it's a quite, quite broad, holyfireschool.com, you can register, help me spread the word, and uh, please pray into the semester. So it's up here, but also there's cards, there's lots of cards So you can take a number of cards and pass them out, and they're up by the offering. And if you're online and you want to give, brisbanefire.com, there's a give page, and you can give to. We need some more supporters this year, so thank you for everybody giving. That's enough of that. Let's move into the message. 
Today is our first message for 2024, and I'd like to share with you what the Holy Spirit has been highlighting to me for this year and beyond, and it centers on Psalm 24. So it centers on Psalm 24. Now, I'll read some of it from the NIV here, and then I'm going to read from my own personal translation that I've been working on. I started it, uh, I believe it was a couple years ago, and then I've been refining it of late. So here's how Psalm 24, verse 1 starts in the NIV. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. And we're going to stop there, but we will read the rest very soon. So that's the NIV. Then I have my personal uh, translation that I have been uh, working on. This is Psalm 24, La Adonai Haaretz. That's what it says in Hebrew up top. I'm going to zoom in here and then read it. It's Yahweh's earth, all the world, every dweller. Yes, on seas he founded it, on rivers he established it. Who will ascend Yahweh's mountain? Who will arise into his holy place? Clean, unfettered hands, a pure, open heart. These arise. Oh, let not my soul get drawn into emptiness nor bound to a mirage. They carry Yahweh's blessing, the righteousness of God, their salvation. This generation seeks for more of him. They discover his presence. They pursue him like Jacob, Selah. Raise your heads, great gates. Be lifted, ancient doors. Come, king laden with glory. Who is this king laden with glory? Yahweh, the mighty warrior. Yahweh, the hero in battle. Raise your heads, great gates. Lift high, ancient doors. Come, king laden with glory. Who is he, this king laden with glory? Yahweh, Lord of the armies. He is the king laden with glory. Salah. So there is Psalm 24. In weeks to come, I hope to look into it in more detail. Today we'll focus on a, a few things about Psalm 24. Psalm 24 has a special place in my heart. In the early days of our ministry, I'd often preach from the middle section of Psalm 24 and that is verses 3 through 6, I was drawn to its call to holiness and desire to ascend God's mountain. There's no better place to be. So let me read that middle section again, uh, what inspired me many years ago. And I often preached on it. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. 
who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord. They will receive the blessing of the Lord and vindication from God, their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. So this has a special place in my heart. And the pictures there are of Jerusalem, which Psalm 24 is referring to. Now this here is the Isle of Lewis in the Hebrides, and the photos now are coming from that area. God used Psalm 24 to spark the Hebrides revival on the Isle of Lewis, an island off Scotland's coast known for its mountainous, known for its mountainous terrain. So this psalm was instrumental in sparking the Hebrides revival on this Isle of Lewis, the Scottish Isle. Does anybody have Scottish heritage here? Yeah, you got Scottish heritage. Uh, Scotland has a great Christian heritage and a heritage, heritage of God moving and revival and uh, martyrs as well. There's a great Christian heritage in Scotland. Well, this is part of it. Duncan Campbell tells the story of a small group praying for revival on the island. And they were praying in a barn. But after much prayer, a young man rose up and read, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. So this young man, after they had been praying, and there's lots and lots of prayer for weeks and weeks, he had, this young man rose up and started to speak and pray this psalm, Psalm 24. And then something marvelous happened in response to this. After reading these verses, the young man said in Gaelic, Brethren, it seems to me just so much sentimental humbug to be praying as we are praying, to be waiting as we are waiting here, if we ourselves are not rightly related to God. And then he prayed, are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? This comes from Duncan Campbell and his message, The Price and Power of Revival. You can find that on the internet. You can even hear him preach. It's, uh, many of his sermons, Duncan Campbell's sermons, were recorded, even though it was mid-last century. Uh, I believe that's the time. Here's Duncan Campbell. Here's what he says happened in response to those questions. At that moment, there came to them a realization of God an awareness of his presence that lifted them from the sphere of the ordinary into the sphere of the extraordinary. Revival had come, and the power that was let loose in that barn shook the whole community of Lewis. So this, this prayer, this, uh, this heart's cry, are my hands clean? Is my heart, heart pure? It affected everybody there. It was, it was just a small group, but then God broke out all over the island. 
And there was such a thick presence that people began repenting in places other than the church, in the, uh, in the streets, you know, in the fields. In the, uh, one scene is in a dance hall where they all start to turn to the Lord. And there's a great fear of the Lord that hit, a great revival. And then Duncan Campbell says these famous words for those who are Students of revival, these are famous words, but uh, not, not famous necessarily in the world. Duncan Campbell says this, describing the revival that came out of this whole experience of Psalm 24. When God stepped down, suddenly, men and women all over the parish were gripped by the fear of God. Can I read that one again? When God stepped down suddenly, men and women all over the parish were gripped by the fear of God. So that's one of the stories from the Hebrides revival. Now moving back here to Jerusalem. Over the last few weeks, the Lord has especially drawn my attention to the last section of Psalm 24, verses 7 through 10. And it begins, lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. So let's talk about this some more. I've read before this section and my recent translation, raise your heads, great gates, be lifted ancient doors, come king laden with glory. There's a reason why I've put laden in there because the word kavod in Hebrew for glory means a weight, a heaviness. And that's uh, next Next semester is the glory unit. We're going to be exploring and studying the glory of God. And I want us to not just study the glory of God. I want us to experience the glory of God. That's my heart. So in order to convey the sense of the Hebrew, I've put laden with glory. You've heard a king of glory, the king of glory. So come, king, laden with glory. Who is this king laden with glory? And then the answer, Yahweh, the mighty warrior. Yahweh, the hero in battle. And then it repeats. But in the Hebrew, it intensifies a little bit. Adds a few different words and some different grammar. Raise your heads, great gates. Lift high ancient doors. Come, king laden with glory. Who is he, this king laden with glory? Yahweh, Lord of the armies, or Lord of hosts. He is the king laden with glory, Selah. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> the gates are personified. They have heads. Think about that. Lift up your heads, O gates, as it could be translated. The gates are personified. They have heads. Psalm 24 hints that the gates are more than physical. They are God's people. 
for the King of glory to come in, we need to lift our heads and help lift the heads of one another. Now, it's the same in Hebrew as well as in English. There's the same meaning. To, to lift up your head is to be like restored. To lift up your head is to be restored. It's to be hopeful. It's to be expected. It's to uh, delight in something. Uh, so if, you, if you're not looking at somebody, you may be disappointed in them or not accepting them. But to lift up your head is to accept them, embrace them, welcome them. It's also... Uh, if somebody's in shame, to lift up their heads is like you, f- you have forgiven them. You've set them free from the guilt. Uh, you delight in them. Your favor is toward them. And here we see that for the king of glory to come in, we need to lift up our heads. And we need to help lift up the heads of one another. That's what fellowship is about. That's why we're here as a church. And that's the fellowship we need to be doing throughout the week is we need to be lifting up one another's heads. Now, these are very interesting gates. In ancient times, often the gates pivoted inward for defense. Very, uh, very heavy, big gates to a city would pivot inwards. But these gates, Gates are lifted up. They are lifted up. And in order to lift lift them up, it would take some teamwork. You would have to have a number of men squatting themselves down, or if there was a rope, a number of them pulling a rope to lift them up. So I want to give a little example here. The men, do I have the men? Can I get the men to come, and we're going to make a, a line here. I'm going to turn this around for a second. This is our visual illustration. We're going to face this way. All the men, come, come, come men. All right, now we're going to make a line here. Come, come, shoulder to shoulder. Kieran, are you, you going to help us lift the gates? <laughs> PJ, come on, you're... You're a young man now. Now, of course, the women can do this too, but I'm just inviting the men up. Come on, we need the black belt. He's sick, apparently. Oh, okay, it's, that's okay. Kieran, all right, Kieran's stepping in for the black belt. <laughs> now, we've got to lift up these gates, so we've got to bend down. So all bend down. I hope your knees are okay. You're going to squat down. Now, I want you to... Be in squatting position. Put your hands up like it, like we're bench pressing. We're squatting. All right, here's the gate, and we're coming under it. Now I want us to lift all together. All right, now let's lift further. We're lifting up the gate so that the King of Glory would come in. Amen. Good on you guys. So that was just a little illustration of what it would look like to lift up these gates to a city, and especially gates that lifted up vertically, and what we need to do spiritually 
is we need to be side to side, working together and lifting. And it, that takes muscle. That takes effort. And sometimes you may feel like, oh, I don't want to do it today, but it needs, it needs to be a daily thing. And that's what we're doing here this morning is we're lifting up the gates for the King of Glory to come in this year. When we are discouraged and lack expectancy, our heads hang low, right? Have you ever been there? I've been there. But when we delight in God, and expect his coming, we raise our heads. The king is coming. We need to raise the gates. The king is coming. We need to make room for him. We need to welcome him. If the king was coming and he was coming back to his city and the gates were closed, it would be an offense to him. My own city and the gates are closed. There's no delight there's no welcoming, and it would be a great offense. This is the scene in the book of Revelation when you get to the church of Laodicea, and Jesus is knocking on the door of his own house. The church of Laodicea, he's knocking on the door. He wants to come in and fellowship with them, but the door is closed, and so he's knocking to come in. And we know why the door is closed, because they have become lukewarm. Their fire has died down. They're neither hot nor cold. And lukewarmness can happen because of sin. It can happen because of distraction. It can happen because of discouragement and lack of expectancy. Our heads hang low. But when we delight in God and expect his coming, we raise our heads, we raise our hands, we're in that posture saying, come. And this is the key to revival in Australia, is a people who will continually and consistently raise the gates for the King of Glory to come in. So this applied to when the ark was coming into Jerusalem in David's time, it also applies to us today because we are the temple of God. And we may look at this more last week, but it also applies to the end where we see in Revelation chapter 21 and 22 where God's dwelling is with man. And that's the, our final destination. I hope to talk about that more this coming semester, if that's my plan. There's a battle for us to raise our heads because of the increase, because of the increase of wickedness and distress in this world. So there's a battle to raise our heads because of the increase of wickedness and distress in this world. Many times uh, during this uh, holiday time, I put on the news and I could take about 15 minutes until it was too distressing. I was like, I got to turn it off. Now, I'm someone that keeps my pulse on the news. Uh, we need to pray for, for example, Papua New Guinea, where Vanessa is from, and everything that's been happening in Port Moresby. And we need to pray for our own 
nation with all the storms and things that have been happening. Uh, and there's an increase of homelessness even in our own city because of the, this wickedness and distress that's in the world. It is very easy for our heads to hang down and for us to lose hope. Have you, have, have you felt like that before? Have you been there? And that's what's happening when you're looking at the darkness. Yet listen to Jesus' wisdom in one of, in one of his most difficult discourses about the end times. So this is one of the most difficult uh, pieces of speech that Jesus gave. It was about the end times. It was about Jerusalem falling. It was about all the distresses in the world. It's hard to read in Luke 21. But in the midst of that, Jesus says, when these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, lift up your heads, like we've been reading in Psalm 24. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Amen? Can I read that one more time so it really gets into us? So we could be tempted to be focused on all of those distressing things, but Jesus says when these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Amen. Luke 21, 28. Do I hear an amen for that? We cannot allow the attacks against us, the darkness in the world, to cause our heads to fall. We must keep our gates open to God's glory invading us and expecting it daily. Another thing about this Psalm 24 is in the Septuagint, there's a little, uh, post, uh, little inscription before the psalm. And it says, for the be first day of the week. For the first day of the week. So for Sunday, for this is the first day of the week. And so it was a psalm that was about beginning. It was a psalm about letting the light in. It was a psalm about ascending God's holy mountain. It's a psalm for beginning. And so every day we wake up, and it's like the gates are closed from the nighttime. And you have got to get under, get low, you know, get on your knees so that you can, like squatting position, <laughs> right? <laughs> So that you can, and then you need to begin to, to rise and all that oppression. And you need to lift it off of you and lift up your heads and say, God, I'm expecting you to do great things today. I'm expecting your glory to come in. I'm longing for your glory. Uh, I'm going through battles, but you are the mighty warrior. Fight my battles. Come in, fight my battles. Be glorified, and I'm praying for my family, and I want to encourage the parents to do this. So if you're a father or a mother, you have children. Your children need to taste the presence of God. And so we get up in the morning, and sometimes it's late at night when everybody is asleep, and we pray, 
We're opening up the gates so that our family would experience God's presence and power, that our family would know this King of glory. Who is this King of glory? That they would know who this King of glory is. So this is what it means to be a godly father, a godly mother. You're opening up the gates. And this is what it means to be an intercessor for your community. Uh, God has called us to be intercessors for this community here, Milton, inner city. But the reason why we're here in the inner city is for the whole city. So we're here in the strategic place to be praying and worshiping for the sake of this city, to let the king of glory into the city. Our city needs a move of God. Our city needs revival. God loves this city. And often we think of this city, Brisbane, as a little city, like a country town. Have you heard of that? It's a big country town. Do you know that the Brisbane city is bigger than most cities in the U.S.? Our population is almost pressing 3 million and go, just go Google and see things like, oh, how big is Nashville? Or how big is New Orleans? Our, our city is bigger than many of the cities in America. Uh, not New York. <laughs> not LA. But it is a, this is a big city. And all the eyes of the world are going to be on this city in the up and coming years with the Olympics. And we have, as God's people, we have a responsibility to let the king of glory in. When people come to Brisbane, I would like them to say, I encountered God there. I got saved there. I met some real authentic believers who were passionate about prayer and seeking God's face, just like Jacob sought God's face. And it's up to us to make the difference. And for revival to break out, you don't need a huge crowd. A lot of people say, oh, if we have a huge crowd, then we have a revival. Actually, when you study the history of revival, it's huge crowds that uh, kept revival away. Not that we don't want a big harvest. We do want a big harvest. But, it's, but what has caused revival to begin is a small group. Just like in the Hebrides there, they were praying in a barn. A small group that was wholly devoted to God with clean hands and a pure heart. Amen? And then, of course, God wants it to grow. He wants it to grow not to just be small, but it begins. It begins with, with a seed. Again, Jerusalem. We keep our gates closed to the devil by keeping our hands clean and our hearts pure. We keep our doors open to God by burning with love for him and expecting him to fill us. So we're very close to the end here. Let me repeat this again. We keep our gates closed to the devil by keeping our hands clean and our hearts pure. So we need to keep our gates closed to the devil. We keep our hands clean, our hearts pure, and we thank God that he has provided a fountain, Jesus' blood, for us to wash in, to clean in. It purifies our hearts, the inward part of us, and our hands are acts. 
So without that fountain, without that basin, without Jesus' sacrifice, we could not be, we could not maintain, we could not maintain clean hands and a pure heart. But with that fountain, with his blood, and through confessing our sins, we keep our hands clean and our hearts pure so that we can arise. And we keep our gates closed to the devil. And we keep our doors open to God by burning with love for him and expecting him to fill us. And the reference I have there is the letter to the church in Laodicea, Revelation 3, 14 through 21. Twenty twenty four and beyond is about lifting the gates so the king of glory can enter. In ancient times, a team of people had to work together to lift the massive gates of their city gates. Sorry, I shouldn't repeat that twice. <laughs> so in ancient times, a team of people had to work together to lift the massive gates of their city. To raise the great gates in Psalm 24, we must also work together to lift one another's heads and not allow discouragement to weigh us down. So, so I want us to see that it's all, we're lifting up the gates personally, but we are, by encouraging one another, we are lifting one another's gates. We're lifting up the gates to the King of glory. And so let us live encouraging one another. And what the, the word that God put on my heart is that 224... 2024 and beyond is about lifting the gates so the king of glory can enter. So the purpose of lifting the gates is for the king of glory to enter. And to raise the great gates in Psalm 24, we must work together. And not allow discouragement to weigh us down. Now there's one more main slide here. And somehow when I finished this message, it was 24 slides in total. <laughs> so the theme of 24, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, trying to do that. It wasn't planned. It just happened. God is looking for lifters. They lift the spirits of those around them. They lift up the torch of truth neglected in their generation. They lift up their leaders' hands in prayer like Moses' assistants Aaron and her, they also lift up their own hands in prayer, holy hands. They lift up their voices in praise and petition. They lift up their voice as one and speak the truth. I'll read that one more time. God is looking for lifters. They lift the spirits of those around them. They lift up the torch of truth neglected in their generation. They lift their leaders' hands in prayer like Moses' assistants, Aaron and her. They also lift up their own hands in prayer, holy hands. They lift up their voices in praise and petition. They lift up their voice as one and speak the truth. So this is what the Lord has put on my heart for this morning. There is more treasures in Psalm 24 that I hope to uh, unpack as we go through January. But also I want to encourage you to listen to what God is saying. And if you have something 
from the Lord to encourage and build up, please let us know. And uh, you we'll, might have a time in January where we all get to share and speak. I'll give you an opportunity all to share and speak so that we can actually put this into practice some more together. And uh, I'm in a, not this week, but next week, I have to let Anna know, but I'll be having my annual prayer, uh, personal prayer retreat that I take to seek the Lord for this year. I usually go away for about two nights or three days and just spend time asking the Lord for wisdom and vision um, but thankfully, he's already been speaking. He's already been speaking to our hearts. So lastly, I want to speak the blessing over you. And this one, I sent this out, and this is a fresh translation of the blessing. Uh, one of the features of the blessing and the third Part of the blessing is Yahweh raising his face towards you, which here I translate it so that it could make sense to us as Yahweh take delight in you. So when, you're, you're ra- when Yahweh is raising his head, he's taking delight in us. He's also welcoming us, embracing us. And here we see establishing us with shalom. So if we can all, if you can stand, and and if you extend your hand, I'm going to speak this blessing over you, and then we're going to we're going to pray. And I'm I'm speaking this blessing over you for for you, your marriage, your family, your children, your children's children. And I believe when we speak this, this is powerful. It it imparts God's nature, character, presence to us. Yahweh bless you, guarding you. Yahweh shine his face on you, giving you grace. Yahweh take delight in you, establishing you with shalom. Peace wholeness, and security. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this blessing. And I'm praying now that this blessing would rest on each one here and on this church. We believe for us as a a church that we will experience the King of glory this year, this week. We lift up the gates to you, Lord. Come in. You are the King of glory. There's none like you. You are the Lord Almighty. May the Lord Almighty fight our battles. May the church in Brisbane, the people of God in Brisbane, rise up. May our heads be lifted in Jesus' name. And may this be a year for revival for revival in our city, for a massive move of God in this city where people all over the world will say, something is happening in Brisbane. And they would begin to ask, who is this? Who is this the king that they're talking about? Who is this one that they serve? Who is this one that they love? The people will be asking, who is this? Lord, bless each one's finances here. 
meet their needs. Let them know a great shalom in their home. We look forward to what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, Lord. We look forward to your power residing on us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Just, we'll, we'll end with a song of worship, and we'll, stand, we'll stand up here, and notice I didn't go too long. <laughs> we try to not go so long for because of the heat. I'm just gonna and well, let's if we can stand up again and just we want to practice raising our hands and just putting putting what we heard into practice through our worship. Here comes the Saviour.
walk from earth into eternity. 